What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And we are on to week 16. Welcome, everybody, to our waiver wire show on Fantasy Football Today. We are going to talk about guys like Darren Waller. And Joe Flacco, of course, and many, many more that can help you win. Ty Chandler, hopefully he's still out there, although Alexander Madison may come back this week. What about Antonio Gibson? Can you trust him? We'll talk about all these guys here. And can we just skip ahead to Monday night and get to uh, the Ravens and 49ers? I got pins and needles waiting for this one, guys. I mean, oh. it's the Super Bowl preview. Uh, Could be. Quite possibly. Could be. Yeah. As long as the selection can be. It's an MVP showdown. As long as the selection committee is comfortable with those two teams being in there for TV ratings purposes, then yes, it will be a potential Super Bowl preview. Uh, actually, relevant question. If you have any 49ers, if you have any Ravens, including the DSTs, uh, are you looking at the waiver wire to make any substitutions? I think at this point, the only Ravens that you're starting... Certainly Lamar Jackson and maybe Zay Flowers, but after the game that Flowers just had, he might be replaceable if you have somebody else better on your team. Uh, Isaiah Likely, I guess, is in, in your starting lineup. Um, Gus Edwards, I mean, how comfortable can you be starting him even with Keaton Mitchell's injury? The 49ers, you're not benching. I mean, look, you're not getting away from McCaffrey. You're not getting away from Debo. You're not getting away from Ayuk or Kittle. Like, they just have so much upside no matter who they're facing. And we've seen this Ravens defense certainly give up a lot of production just go back to two weeks ago with the the, the Rams. Yeah. So, yeah, the DSTs, yes, I would be looking to replace them. the The main guys that I, main guys I've been starting, no way. Okay. I feel the exact same way, except I'd start the 49ers DST. You would. I'm good with them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm benching them. I want to see how healthy they are. They've had some pretty key injuries yeah. lately. Let's see if they can get. Eric Armstead back. Uh, they they uh, were able to get Charvarius Ward back. He had a huge impact in the game against the Cardinals, but uh, they, they were, they've been still with that a little bit beat up. So we'll check the injury report, but all right, let's get into the waiver wire show. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jamie, who are the top three priorities this week? It's uh, it's it's really a little bit all over the place. Um, Darren Waller is easy, you know, so go get him. Just looking at the option of getting a, a, a potential top 12 tight end, it's hard to overlook. Then it's kind of, okay, what do I need? And so um, I put Justice Hill as the number one running back. That's a little contingent on do we know if Josh Jacobs is going to be out. If Jacobs is out, I would rather have Zamir White. But I would guess that Jacobs has a chance to return. Uh, with Pacheco coming back, with the Colts running back situations being what it is, Justice Hill, not an easy schedule and hasn't exactly, you know, blown the doors off when he was playing the uh, secondary role, if you will, uh, to Gus Edwards earlier this year. But if Edwards gets hurt and we know Ravens running back history right now, um, you not only have a potential flex right now with Mitchell's Keaton Mitchell's injury, but you also have a maybe someone you could start in your league. So he's the number one running back for me. Uh, but again, I, I prefer to start Zamir White if you tell me that Josh Jacobs is out. And you could add White if you want to ahead of him. And then the receivers are kind of, again, uh, a little bit all over the place because I think Curtis Samuel makes the most sense just based on what he's done for the last three games. But you also have now Josh Palmer if Keenan Allen remains out and he looked good against the uh, Raiders for whatever that's worth, uh, if you want to judge that performance. And he was playing well before he got hurt. And then you also have now Tyler Boyd for maybe two games with uh, how Jake Browning has looked and his opportunity. So, uh, Dontavian Wicks as well, you know. So uh, if if you want to nail me, uh, let me nail down three um, receivers, <laughs> three three players. Um, I'll <laughs> go with Waller, Justice Hill, and Josh Palmer as top three. Waller, Justice Hill, Josh Palmer. Okay, Dave, how about you? Uh, I've got Zamir at the top on the hope that there is no Josh Jacobs. I've got Curtis Samuel next, but he's only available in about forty percent of CBS leagues. Looks like he's the number two target in the commander's offense. That's an offense that I still think will pass plenty. Uh, Waller is third, but you can make the case for any of those guys to be first based on what you need. If Waller and Likely were available, who would you go for? Likely. Yeah, Likely. Okay. Why why Justice Hill? I mean, like, like where do you have him ranked? It's not easy to find running backs off the waiver wire, so I get that. He, but. He's just just inside the top thirty six. Okay, okay. So the the pro- the problem is is that if the if Taylor and Moss play, there go the Colts guys. Mm-hmm. If Pacheco plays, maybe you could make a case for McKinnon as the number one guy because I don't think his role necessarily goes completely away after what he's done the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, if Josh Jacobs returns, we know what that situation is. Ben Zemir White didn't play. Right. Yep. You know so. That's true. It's it's all these situations that play. Like I said, if you told me right now Josh Jacobs is out and, and Dave makes a, a, a valid point on the chance that he's out, you go get Zamir White first. I totally get that. But if you're talking about who's going to get touches right now, what what at least what Justice Hill was doing when the start of the season, he was getting basically eight to ten touches a game. And so if you're telling me eight to ten touches a game, at least I could count on that. Like, you, you know, you don't know if you can count on that with any of these other situations. Yeah, I, I know you were kind of going with, you know, let's get a running back on there, but let's just say you needed a flex. Would you go with Curtis Samuel oh, or Justice Hill? Yeah, I, I'd go with Waller first, 
Samuel and, and Palmer would be the top three. And that's probably the safest way to go if you want to just frame it that way. Now, how about Ty Chandler? He's about 75% rostered. Oh, so. he's number one. By he time. would be numero uno. Yeah. But but Madison could come back. And they've already said that he's going to be their main guy. Did they say that? I thought they kind of waffled on that. Did they? If they waffled, I didn't I didn't get to a taste you of would that. Know better, you would know better than I would. Well, let's check. All right. Let, let, we'll try to check on that. Um, I mean, after that performance from Ty Chandler, you would think he would he would earn a little more work. However, it would have been nice if Alexander Madison had the opportunity to play against the Bengals. Uh, it is an amazing matchup, and it's a much different matchup this week against the Detroit Lions. Much, much different. So, uh, I, you know, look, I, I don't know about you, but there's definitely a scenario where we don't want to start any of these running backs if everyone returns, which is realistic. Pacheco, yes. Expected back. We already, you know, Josh Jacobs could be back, as we said. If Madison's back, then that that moves Chandler down a little bit, and then all right. Here, here's the quote from Kevin O'Connell. Mm-hmm. What that looks like moving. This is about Madison returning practice week. What that looks like moving forward, as far as who gets the first touch of the game and all of those things, will continue to kind of work through based upon what we're attempting to do scheme wise. But there's no question that we have confidence in Alex. But I think Ty has done a lot of great things and will continue to do so, and will hopefully be a huge reason why we're able to have success offensively down the stretch. Okay. Thanks for nothing. Not that he's obligated, but thanks for nothing with that quote. Um, He also added this. It's just all of the different aspects that I think Ty brings to the table and his comfort level while also having a major role in the special teams phase as our personal protector. I'm not sure if I'm faking it twice this year in big situations that Ty Chandler's not the guy with the ball in his hand. So about the uh, special teams fake punts. Mm, Right. Uh, He also added, I expect about 12 and a half PPR fantasy points from Ty Chandler this week. He should be started in 63% of leagues. It's and amazing. Right? In, in the same story, this is all in the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Uh, Ty is exactly where he wanted to be in his progression. And I think his, I think the role he's ascending to is something we had in our minds on when we brought him here. And we'll continue to do everything to get him valuable touches and make him a big part of our offense. He so said, my guess well, is, look, first first off, he even if he's the lead guy, Madison is not getting benched. Right. So he's not getting 25 total touches, whatever he had. In, in the game against the Bengals, 27 total touches. Uh, he's probably looking at, at a 50-50 split at best. So is Chandler still the number one guy to go get? Absolutely, because just on the chance that Madison is out. But still, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily hold out hope that he's going to deliver you a fantasy championship if Madison plays based on what we saw last week. All right. So what do you think? So basically it's all one big mess. I, look, obviously, you're in the semifinals. You have some pretty good rosters here for the most part. Are we gonna? Are you gonna be super active on the waiver wire this week? Are you gonna be playing more defense? Um, I mean, look, you know, you you have Pittman go down. You have Olave not playing, most li- or potentially not playing. You know, yeah. we've got to still Mark. potentially have to fill Tyree Kill spot. You don't know for sure if Jonathan Taylor and Isaiah Pacheco are coming back. Uh, there's there's still a lot of questions. You know, absolutely. So, yeah. You know, we we may be in some lucky spots. I. I you know, I, I, I'm just trying to think of like the, I think I'm still alive in like 10 leagues of the 10 leagues I'm still alive in, um, which ones I'm, I'm working through, <laughs> you know, trying to find plug holes. I, I, obviously it'd be a much easier show to do if we knew which running backs were in and out, especially with the Raiders and the Viking situations, but all right, we'll, uh, we'll go through it. We got, uh, the morning buzz. If you missed some of the action while you were sleeping, if you didn't tell, uh, you know, the Eagles won. There's no way Drew Locke is orchestrating a game-winning drive. Wrong. You better watch Morning Buzz to find out what happened there. 
and uh, JSN touchdown catch Drew Locke, very emotional post game interview, like very cool stuff in that game. But anyway, and if you missed anything, you just check it out on Morning Buzz. Uh, it highlights from all the top games and leagues. Catch up on the storylines and the social buzz. Jump in and jump out. Morning Buzz runs all morning, starting at 9 a.m. And you can get it all for free on the CBS Sports app. News and notes. Trevor Lawrence is in the concussion protocol. They're at Tampa Bay. Nick Mullins is going to start for Minnesota. Taylor Heineke, we learned this morning, is going to start for Atlanta. In his previous two starts, he scored 16.7 points against Minnesota. That's six point per passing touchdown leagues. And then he struggled badly against Arizona, scored 12 points there. Uh, C.J. Stroud. Didn't is he still, leave that game against he, Arizona? He did, yeah, yeah. But he's, but he's 8 of 15 for 55 yards and a touchdown. He's um, running, though. He'll run. He will. Taylor Heineke, yeah. 20 rushing yards against Minnesota, 34 at Arizona. C.J. Stroud is still in the concussion protocol. They get Cleveland. Sam Howell is still the starter for the Commanders. It's going to be, it looks like either Trevor Simeon or Zach Wilson this week for the Jets. Wilson, if he can clear the concussion protocol against Washington. You think he'll crack your top 15, Zach Wilson, against Washington? No. Okay. Not 15. 20, maybe. Um, Mason Rudolph is going to start for the Steelers against the Bengals. Will Levis, it looks like he'll miss time with an ankle injury. He's got Seattle. I don't want to necessarily count him out, but I would expect Tanhill this week. Uh, the, the bad news, Keaton Mitchell, torn ACL, out for the season. Uh, here's a, okay, you see. Who's got the best chance of being a must-start running back next year? Keaton Mitchell, Chase Brown, or Ty J. Spears? Spears. I'll make the case for Chase Brown, but Spears is a much more likely answer. A good bet, a better answer, I should say. Okay. But th- those are two teams with old running backs that they can move on from. And it looks like they both have replacements who could step in right away. Um, Where are we here? Isaiah Pacheco expected to play. Madison, you know that. Zach Moss is going to try to play. You got Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor trying to get back for this week's game uh, against Atlanta on the road. Jamar Chase likely to miss some time with that shoulder injury, according to Ian Rappaport. So don't expect him this week at Pittsburgh. Michael Pittman's in the concussion protocol. You hope the extra day will get him back at Atlanta. Tyreek Hill, I would expect him to play. Josh McDaniels said he was close. Mike uh, Mike McDaniel said Mike he was McDaniel. close. There he is. I do that all the time. Uh, Zay Jones left with a hamstring injury. It was a bad day for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, on Monday, or on Sunday night, excuse me. 2-2 Atwell cleared concussion protocol, which isn't really a huge deal, but it might, I don't know, Dave, is that if you are starting Demarcus Robinson in a deep league, does this take you off of that? It, it would make me more nervous to start Robinson, but I think he's done a good enough job as a number three receiver to keep it ahead of Atwell. But they can also just rotate them in and out, and whichever guy gets open gets a target. It's You're not going to want to trust either one. Okay, other wide receiver injuries. Jaden Reed, toe. Chris Olave was listed as a did not practice on Monday. They play the Rams on Thursday. And Marquise Brown left with a heel injury. And Hunter Henry is a tight end to watch. He had a huge game. He faces the Denver Broncos, give up the most fantasy points to tight ends. But Hunter Henry is injured. I haven't seen anything on him. Do we know anything about Henry? Not yet, but you know Belichick will tell us all by the end of the week. Yeah, I'm excited (laughs) about that. Uh, Defensive injuries to watch will be Jimmy Ward in the concussion protocol. If you look at the fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks without Jimmy Ward compared to with, a big, big difference for the Houston Texans, and that is a Joe Flacco game, and it would be 
good news for him if uh, he didn't have to face Jimmy Ward. And um, all right, I'll leave it at that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll give you the top three players at each position for Fantasy Week 16 on the waiver wire. Not top three overall. It's not going to be like Josh Allen in here. But top three players at each position when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back talking waiver wire. Jamie, let's talk about the quarterbacks this week. Who are the top three quarterbacks to get? Yeah, Joe Flacco's number one. Uh, I think just looking at what he's done, it's been pretty remarkable. Three straight games of 20-plus fantasy points and three starts for the Browns and a favorable matchup against the Texans this week. So like the setup for him. Hopefully it'll be a shootout with C.J. Stroud if he's able to return. So that could be fun. After that, I'll go to Nick Mullins. Uh, despite one of the ugliest interceptions you'll ever see in your life, um, still had over 21 fantasy points and another favorable matchup this week against Detroit. We know that they're bad. Six most fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Plus Jefferson back, I think you know, you'll know you continue to see them throw the ball no matter what they do at running back. And then number three uh, for at least right now is Derek Carr. Uh, hopefully Chris Olave plays. He's coming off his best fantasy game of the season without Olave and a favorable matchup against the Rams. They're number seven in most fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So uh, we'll see if Carr can keep it going and maybe a shootout with Matthew Stafford. If Geno Smith were available at Tennessee, would you pick him up over Flacco, Mullins, and Carr? Uh, I would go Flacco, Geno, Mullins. And Baker Mayfield? Mayfield would be number one. Okay. Mayfield might be my number one this week. No. Oh, I'm so scared for no, you. No, my number one in my heart for <laughs> certain reasons. I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm very scared for you. Uh, but no, it's a, it's a great setup for Baker Mayfield against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, are there any you know kind of must-start quarterbacks that you're going, to, going with Flacco over or – at some point must start like Kyler Murray. Would you start Flacco over Kyler? I mean, yes. <laughs> there's like four must start quarterbacks left. Um, yes, true. I would go with Flacco over Kyler Murray. I would go with Nick Mullins over Kyler Murray too. Okay. Russ right. as well. I, I put Russ in that same basket. Okay. Dave, top running backs to get. If you, uh, if you can find Zamir white and he's out there in 78% of leagues, I would get him just on the chance of getting a running back that's going to be a lead for an NFL team. The matchup isn't horrible against Kansas City, and uh, 15 touches could be there for Zamir White. I was actually impressed with the catches that he had last week, so maybe he can replicate some of that. So he would be number one for me. I don't have Justice Hill as high as Jamie does. Yeah, no, I moved him down. As as we're talking about it, it just doesn't make sense. And and I think it would be good for us to talk out these running backs. These are all part-time running backs that people might want to just stash 
for the next two weeks, or if you've got an injury, you're desperate, maybe you can't get your hands on Samir White, here are the names. It's Jarek McKinnon. This is the order I have in. Jarek McKinnon, Chase Brown, Roshan Johnson, Deontay Foreman, Justice Hill, and then after that, it gets a little grosser with Samaj P. Ryan. I'll spare you the rest of the names until we get to the deeper. But the top three running backs, that's what you asked me. I've got Samir White one, I've got McKinnon two, and I have Chase Brown number three. All available in at least 50% of CBS leagues. What do we do about the Bears situation here? We know the Cardinals are about as good of a matchup as you can get. And we know the Bears are about as frustrating of a backfield as you can get. We just have to avoid them? Uh, I think they're all... Well, the top two guys would be Foreman and, and Johnson. And, and I think you view them as flex plays. The thing that's, I, I think, troubling is that how bad Foreman was against the Browns. But that was more of a game where they were going to struggle to run the ball. This is not a game where they're going to struggle to run the ball. And so I think that lends itself more to Foreman being the better of the two. But you have to little build in some caution of, okay, what if he does struggle, then Roshan comes in. So I think if you're desperate, then Roshan's a good, okay, I'll take my chances here. But they kind of tipped their hand a little bit with what they did two games ago when when Foreman came back and how they used him, especially in a game where I think that they could have success on the ground. So I would lean Foreman over Roshan, but uh, they're relatively close. All right, Chase Brown, by the way, two straight games with seven to eight carries and three catches. So if you need like eight points, maybe you can get that kind of a floor from Chase Brown. He's a pretty explosive player. All right, Jamie, who are your top three wide receivers? So again, it kind of comes down to, you know, I think what you need. Um, Curtis Samuel would be my number one option, um, just based on, again, what he's what he's shown you for three straight games. Uh, Josh Palmer may have more upside than Samuel, but we know that quarterback situation is ugly and they're facing a really good Bills defense. But still, uh, despite the uh, thrashing that they went through on Thursday night last week, he still came through with a positive stat line and Easton Stick was looking for him. Mostly has to do, though, with Keenan Allen being out. Right. That's a big part of this. And then I'll put Dontavian Wicks third, um, you know, especially with now Jaden Reed and Christian Watson banged up. I know it's a bad matchup against Carolina, but still an opportunity here to uh, continue to build on what's been, you know, a nice little stretch for him. You know, not necessarily huge stat lines until last week, but you saw again with both guys getting hurt. I think he's better than Romeo Dobbs at this point. And so Jordan Love, while he's struggled and certainly the Packers have struggled, it's not a bad idea to pick him up and see what happens. So Curtis Samuel, Josh Palmer, Dontavian Wicks, they all have issues here. You said Wicks has a tough matchup. Of course he does with Carolina. Fourth fewest fantasy points allowed. Curtis Samuel is facing the Jets. They give up the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. And pretty much pretty much every wide receiver that's done well against the Jets is a stud. The only exception is Khalil Shakir, who had that really long t- uh, touchdown catch and run. Um, so, you know, just, does the matchup bother you for Curtis Samuel? Yeah, but you know, again, I think you're looking at this point who's 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 out there. You know, so who who's getting touches, who's getting opportunities, who has who's been successful. Um, you could put Tyler Boyd ahead of them if you want to, you know, no, just based no on thanks. Pittsburgh's defense. That's okay. Huh? No, I'm good. <laughs> thank you. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're enough yeah. of Tyler Boyd. No, you're right. It, it's like what, right. what what are we looking at here of the guys who are available? You're right. Uh, maybe Noah. Maybe you can get your hands on Noah Brown. Right. Oh, absolutely. Noah Brown's available. He'd be. You know, like if we're if we're talking about ten team leagues, and you can find Ty Chandler and Noah Brown and um, Baker Mayfield. You know, uh, Isaiah Likely. You know, you're in a great spot. But most people that pay attention to our stuff and are watching our show and listening to our podcast uh, are well aware that those guys have been gone. You know, so yeah. we'll get plenty of comments on 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 our YouTube page of. Uh, glad you guys talked about players that have been picked up seven weeks ago. You know, yeah, so, well, <laughs> of course, you know. we'll get to the deeper guys. We always do. Well, but Noah Brown, I mean, how much are we going to trust him? He's facing Cleveland and may or may not have Stroud and may or may not have Nico Collins. 
almost I feel like every freaking person has like a moving part. It's so frustrating. Well, yeah. I mean, look, that's that's you know, go back to your original question. How many moves are you gonna make on your waiver wire this week? So that I think speaks to what you need and how how your team is is viewed or or how you view your team right now. But in terms of Brown, uh, really for me, as long as Nico Collins is out, his three best games have come when Nico Collins has not been there. It hasn't been tanked out, it's been Nico Collins. And so you saw with Case Keenum, they got him the ball, they got him involved, he was productive. So he's he's my favorite of anybody that we've talked about so far, probably including Chandler, just knowing that if if there is no Nico Collins, Stroud or not, Stroud plays even better. Uh, Noah Brown's ceiling, I think, could be amazing, especially in terms of Chandler, if Madison does return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's very realistic that you could have C.J. Stroud in because, you know, two, missing one game with concussion is is fairly typical. And Nico Collins out. with, And if that's the case, then even against Cleveland, I assume you'd be fairly excited about Noah Brown. Yeah. All right. Dave, tight ends. Waller's at the top of the list. That's easy. 41% available. If he's healthy, Hunter Henry would be second at 61%. But I don't know if he is. I don't know if you want to risk your precious waiver claim or fab budget to get him. So let's give you some other tight ends. There's Gerald Everett, 44% available. Tucker Craft, he's not cheesy. He's easy. 91% available, and he's probably good for a floor of 10 PPR points, especially if we see no Christian Watson and no Jaden Reed. He's going to open up and be a main target for Jordan Love. Okay, Darren Waller. Uh, Gerald Everett was that the second guy you gave? I mean, I, I gave four names, but Hunter Henry's kind Hunter of an Henry, iffy one because right. of the health. And and what about Kate Otten against Jacksonville? It's a good matchup. I just don't know how many fire. targets he's going to get. Right. Yeah. So it kind of feels like the last couple of weeks as they've made a concerted effort to get Chris Godwin the ball, twenty three targets in those two games. Yeah. And there was a lot of stories coming out of Tampa Bay. Just what's the problem with Godwin? Why aren't they featuring him? Blah blah blah. And that kind of you know, changed, and I think that's hurt Otten a little bit. The power of spouses. What about um, Waller and where you're ranking him this week? Low end number one guy. Mm-hmm. I, I expect him to play more snaps, run more routes, um, and I, I expect yeah. the Giants to be trailing against Philly. Yeah. I like that he had six targets from DeVito. So th- that's you know, an exhibit that DeVito knows he's there and that he's going to lean on him. He could be, he was second on the team in targets last week. He could be first this week, had a nice breakaway run. He slid at the end of the run to not take contact. That was a little disconcerting, but bottom line is that he's a top 12 tight end. Okay. And uh, DSTs, Jamie, who are we going with at DST? Oh, there's a lot. I mean, you know, you yes. really have a, a, a lot of options. So depending on you know, who's available in your leagues, I put the Broncos first because of the matchup against the Patriots at home. Uh, the Packers get the Panthers. Uh, the Commanders get the Jets. The Bears get the Cardinals. The Rams get the Saints. The Colts get the Falcons. And the Seahawks get the Titans. So those are all potential top 12 tight ends. <laughs> okay, so Denver, Green Bay, give me the third. Washington. Washington. Okay, Dave, anyone else you like? There's a team from a certain city on a certain lake that enjoys a certain beef sandwich that takes on the Arizona Cardinals revenge game. Cause the Cardinals used to play in this city. <laughs> They've scored at least 20 fantasy points in, as a DST each of the last three games and their defense is much improved. <laughs> they are the bears. bears. And yes. I would start the bears over the Ravens 
and the 49ers. Ooh. Okay, but would you start the Bears over the Broncos? Of course, I would start the Bears over anyone. I would start them over the Colts. I would start them <laughs> over the Jets. I would I would not start them over the Ditkas, however. <laughs> Are they your number one DST this week? They're actually number two. If Case Keenum is starting for Houston again, I've got the Browns number one. Okay. Okay. Kickers, Jamie? Uh, kickers, we got uh, Haversick again. Uh, Kyrie Fairbairn. Glad he's back. Um, Tyler Bass, just under the threshold. Jason Myers and Will Lutz. I'm very excited for Dave to watch the bear at when the season's over. Okay. I'm excited for that, Dave. So don't let me down. You're going to sit me down somewhere and force me to watch the bear. You're going to love it, dude. It's a, I'm sure I will. a restaurant in Chicago. I mean, come on. I, I know, I've never been in one of those. Yeah, I know. Right? Uh, at IDP, we have IDP. I've got some D linemen and linebackers. I'll get to back to everybody on defensive backs, but defensive linemen, DJ Wanham, we've been talking about him for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I want Double him. digit points last week. Yeah, he's available in like 80% of leagues, 70% of leagues. So go get him. Danico Autry for the Titans, especially without Jeffrey Simmons there last week. He had double digit points. And Jonathan Greenard with Houston. He's less available, but he's someone that you should take a look at. He's giving you at least double digits each of the last two weeks. And remember, it's tough to find a defensive lineman that can give you double-digit fantasy points. Those guys are awesome. Ernest Jones is out there in about half the leagues. He's a linebacker for, for the Rams. He's a reason why the Rams' run defense has gotten to be so good. And Aziz Al-Shair is racking up tackles in the Tennessee defense. He also, I think he might have had just 10 points last week. That's no big whoop, but he's someone that fantasy managers can look for a lot of tackles from. I talked about this on yesterday's show, but just on a random aside here, is Calvin really the least, the most unlucky player in fantasy this year? Is this, <laughs> He's up there. Oh, man. You know some fantasy matchups were decided on that seemingly bad call where Lawrence and Ridley looked like they connected for a touchdown. I feel bad. He's, you know, these things on Sunday night and Monday night, you know, can can decide a fantasy matchup, and that's it's tough luck. But I did see a stat during the game. I don't know if you all saw this that Calvin Ridley has drawn the most penalties uh, of any wide receiver. And I remember Chris talking about this last year with Mike Evans, who was having such a down year, but he had drawn so many pass interference penalties that really hurt his stats. <clears throat> and it's a pretty interesting stat, I think, something to consider. Like, would, would Calvin Ridley be having a, a much better year if not for all these, first of all, the almost touchdowns for sure. But all the penalties have been drawing, too. Something to think about going into next year. Okay, I don't know why that was on my mind, but it was. I don't know if he's on the Jaguars next year, though. I, yeah. I would hope so. I hope Doug Peterson's not. I know that's weird. I just... get it. I think they may be a new offensive coordinator. Uh, all right, shallow leagues. Jamie, who we got? Uh, well, Baker would be the prize at quarterback, uh, running back, as we talked about Ty Chandler. Um, I still go back to Antonio Gibson as a potential flex. He did have five catches in that game. So just, you know, a little bit unfortunate that they gave Chris Rodriguez more carries than him. But if Brian Robinson Jr. plays or not, his role is kind of locked in. So in PPR, I can still get you, I think, you know, nine to 11 PPR points there based on his role in the passing game. Um, 
I wonder what the Titans will do with their running backs this week, but it's a favorable matchup against the Seahawks. And if they're trailing, then Ty J Spears certainly has an opportunity to play more, but should be rostered anyway, just in case they make a switch over the last couple of weeks. And then Deontay Foreman, just because of the range that he's in, I still think he'll be the lead running back for the Bears. Uh, wide receivers would well, hold, be... I'm sorry, hold on, let me... Um, I know you would pick up Chandler over, let's say, Zamir White, but would you pick up Gibson or Zamir White? I'd pick up Zamir White just with the chance of Robinson returning and Jacobs not. Okay, uh, go ahead. And then receivers, Noah Brown, uh, JSN, and I put Josh Downs there just with the chance of Michael Pittman not being healthy for this week. Um, may see an uptick in targets. It's been very frustrating, clearly, so he's not a huge priority, but... Still, just we'll see what happens, you know, between him and Alec Pierce and, and now Montgomery, who, you know, stepped up as soon as Pittman went down. Uh, he's a good deeper league option. But um, I hope that Josh Downs would be the beneficiary of Michael Pittman not being there. And then tight ends, uh, Isaiah Likely, Dalton Schultz and Pat Frymuth. Yeah. How do you feel about Dalton Schultz? So potentially a good opportunity if Nico Collins is out again and CJ Stroud is back. It would be a, a nice setup for Schultz. But facing the tight, the uh, Browns. I think it's Titans next week, and those are the two best teams against tight ends. Uh, do you, would you rather have Darren Waller or Dalton Schultz? Waller. Dave? I agree. Schultz was a goose egg for like three quarters last week. Well, thankfully, they play four. Well, he ended up with four catches for 58 yards on five targets, which isn't that bad against Tennessee, actually. Yeah. And listen, the, for what it's worth, the Browns gave up a big game to – Evan Engram two weeks ago, Cole Komet scored last week. Yeah. So there's something there for Dalton Schultz, but it's not, you, you can't feel great about starting him. Okie dokie. Yeah. That's the Browns have given up four touchdowns to a tight end in their last four games. Two of them to Ingram, one to Komet, and one to Adam Troutman. Uh, shallow leagues, Dave, or deep leagues, Dave. Deep league, Dave. Here he is. Hi, uh, this is the season of St. Nick, so let's hope that Nick Mullins delivers us some goodies in week number 16. He's the best deep league quarterback to get available in 82% of leagues. I think he can get you a better fantasy production than what he did last week. It was like 21 fantasy points because of the turnovers. He's playing Detroit. Detroit's going to get C.J. Gardner-Johnson back. That's going to be a big deal, but I still think that there's opportunities for Mullins to operate and play well there. If you can't get him... It, this is how good it is. It's Aiden O'Connell. It's I, I don't even want to say the other names. It's Dave, if, I don't if it's St. Nick Mullins season, then I will make the same joke I made twice yesterday. Isn't this time for Mason Rudolph? No. Okay. At running back, Zamir White is the best running back at 78%, no matter what. He's available in a bunch of leagues. If we're going deeper, this is where Justice Hill makes some sense. Mm-hmm. 82%. Um, Jamie mentioned this before Keaton Mitchell became a thing. Justice Hill was actually playing a fewer percentage of the snaps for the Ravens, but he was getting 6.4 attempts per game. He had a better rushing average for whatever reason, two targets per game. He caught 100% of those. So eight to 10 touches per game. It's there for Justice Hill. I just don't think he's a very efficient running back. And earlier this year, he was working near the goal line. I don't know why. But Gus Edwards has that job now, so he might be nothing more than a passing downs back for Baltimore. But we're talking deep leagues. That's the best after Zamir White. And then it's Latavius Murray, Isaiah Spiller, um, one of the Colts running backs, Sermon and Goodson. Both of them look good, but I think it's because they took on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wide receiver Dontavian Wicks is awesome. Second half last week, uh, there, there were drives where he looked like, what did I say, CeeDee Lamb? 
that's what he looked like. He was just getting every target. He was making huge plays. Um, and I, I need to take a deeper look at him, but he's someone who could end up being a difference maker who can get you somewhere between 10 and 15 PPR points. Um, Demarcus Robinson's up there for me. Uh, Jamie mentioned DJ Montgomery. If there is no Michael Pittman, I would imagine he would be the one that steps up and plays as outside wide receiver, another big body type in Indianapolis. If there's no Marquise Brown, then you can go back to Greg Dortch and get eight PPR points out of him. And then Kraft at tight end, 91% available. Awesome deep league stash. And here's another reminder, two things. Number one, making the play for Zamir White over you know, you said Gibson or, or Chase Brown or whoever. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to do it now because there's fewer competitors playing the waiver wire in your leagues. So if you get the wrong guy on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, whenever your waivers run, you can go ahead and double back and get somebody else. You don't really have to sweat it that much. And then you also want to play defense. You want to see who your opponents have. And if they're missing a running back and they need Zamir White and you have a chance to get Zamir White so that they can't use him, Go ahead and do that. And that makes sense to do not only at running back, but also at tight end, both in the case of, of Waller, uh, all the way down to Kraft. If, if your guy, if your opponent is, start, is streaming tight ends, he might go for Kraft this week. I think Kraft is actually a decent option. You can prevent him from getting him and force him to go with an Okakwo or a Michael Mayer, somebody like that. By the way, do you think it's worth using your first priority on a DST this week? If that's the only thing you need, then yes. Okay. Do you use it if if the priority doesn't reset though? Like I, I it, this is just a minor thing. But if your priority resets each week, then yeah, sure. If you need it, do it. But if it doesn't reset, you might not well, want. There are to a use lot it. of good DSTs. That's why I was asking. I didn't. Right. Know. That's the point. But the Broncos. Yeah, but if there's one that you want and need and and feel like it's going to win you your matchup, yeah. then you absolutely go get them. Well, the Broncos have the Patriots, and then they have the Chargers. So yeah, they should be number one by far. That's a good, you know, that's a good two week option there for for the Broncos. It's a little tough after they just got their butts completely handed to them last week, which is kind of a shame. That was Detroit. I, I understand, Detroit. but <laughs> this is New England in their building. They're I mean, also getting uh, Kareem Jackson back this week, which is good. But um, all right. <sighs> Okay, cool. Let's take a break. Seattle 20 and Philadelphia 17. We'll talk about that game when we come back. Is it time to get back to Ken Walker? And we'll give you some some more waiver wire talk, I guess. And, you know, I haven't talked about Dalton Kincaid and if we should drop him or if we should be streaming players over Dalton Kincaid so we can get into some matchup stuff like that. We'll be right back on FFT. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You guys ready for signing day? My son is for sure. Yeah. 
We're excited about Jordan Lyle flipping from Ohio State to Miami. That's great. A yes. Florida kid, good running back. You got to uh, you got to watch CBS Sports HQ all day on signing day. It's gonna be yes. it's gonna be really fun, and my son will be locked in. I will too. It's uh, it's always an exciting day where you get so much hope, and then in August and September. You lose all that hope pretty quickly if you're if you're me. One of the most overhyped, overrated things ever. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it is, but it isn't. I mean, the number one player in the country. The portal changed so much of it. But the number one player in the country is currently committed to Ohio State. And he could end up at Florida State. He could end up Ohio at Miami. I mean, it could be a program changer for at least for a team like Miami and maybe for Florida State. But you know, Ohio State, whatever, like they're amazing. But. Sometimes there's a really, really it's it's a really, really big deal. Um, but yeah, the portal's crazy. Yes, for one player and one school, yes, it's a really big deal. No, it's not just that. I'm not gonna completely crap on it. It's a it is a big deal. I mean, look, it's like a holiday for college teams, football fans. Look, look at the oh, it's definitely that, fun, uh, but it's overhyped and overrated. It I don't know about that. Well, you mean signing day or just recruiting? Both. Is the start of NFL free agency overhyped and overrated? No. Um, yes. I don't know. I don't disagree with that. Not to the same effect, though, but yes. <laughs> Are the Philadelphia Eagles overhyped and overrated? They lose a, yes. ga- a game. Yes. You know who they missed yesterday? Darius Slay. Big time. Oh, man. Um, James Bradbury had a rough fourth quarter. and I don't know if that would have made a difference. I, th- I think it would have made a difference. I mean, well, yeah, it, it would have helped. Bradbury over and over, and over again but... getting beat. And he got beat by JSN. On just on the last drive, basically. Um, but uh, all right, anyway, Seattle twenty, Philadelphia seventeen. Jamie, big fantasy takeaways from this game. Uh, you said it. Ken Walker looks like he's back. I mean, dominated touches for the Seahawks. Uh, great matchup coming up this week uh, against Titans. They've really been bad against the run, especially if Isaiah Simmons remains out. So it was it was great to see him against that defense because they've been just fantastic against most running backs the majority of the season. So. Um, he was great, uh, a little disappointed in the passing game for Seattle, but it was more of a conservative approach, I think, with Drew Locke, so you understood that. Um, for Philly, uh, another disappointing game for Devontae Smith with Dallas Goddard back on the field, so that's not fun. And you thought that Jalen Hurts, despite the illness, would play a little bit better, but DeAndre Swift looked better, you know, so that was that was you know clear indication of what they were trying to do early in the game. But their defense, man, it's just... It, it, it's a mess. And I know they only gave up, what, 24 points? 20, um, right? Uh, 20 points, excuse me. Yeah. Um, I was thinking if Philadelphia scored. Uh, 20 points. Um, still, like you said, you know, you can, you can, they're, they're not as formidable as, as they once were, which is tough. But this week, they should bounce back against the Giants. Two questions. Who's surprised that DK Metcalf has under 15 PPR points in each of his last two games? Considering Drew Locke played, it shouldn't be that big of a surprise, right? He's got a touchdown in one of those two. He did. 31-yard touchdown. I was. Okay. I thought he'd do better in this game. I yeah, wasn't surprised about last week. I agree with both of you, but I'm also not surprised. I, you know, People might have overrated a little bit, us included, with DK Metcalf coming off that monster game against Dallas, but it was with Geno. But it's almost like what DK does is he, he's capable of giving you good numbers and the occasional smash game. Well, I, I thought he would stink against the 49ers, and the touchdown saved him, um, yeah. especially yeah. when, when yeah. Gino was out. This week, I did think he would play well, just because Phil's, Philly's defense had been bad. And and I think it was, okay, now we have to throw. And you saw the big play at the end of the game, which you know, saved mm-hmm. his production a little bit. Yep. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, I didn't really care about who the quarterback was. I was starting DK Metcalf against the Eagles, and I'm going to start him again against the the Titans too. Same here. All right, second question, but it's he, about he had DK 78 again. yards. I just want to say he had five catches for 78 yards. It's not like he, it's not like he stunk out there. Well, but if it yeah, wasn't the 34-yard catch, man. He, that's what he does. Two, two of those were big plays in the fourth quarter. Yes, yeah, he was single digits without the 34-yard catch. Okay, the second question is also about DK. Are you surprised he's had six or fewer targets in each of the last two games? Yeah. I'll no, look. again, as Adam said, I think that's Drew Luck. A little bit surprised, but the next question is, are you even going to hesitate to start him at Tennessee? No. Probably not. Right. Unless you're loaded at receiver. It's the only way. They had a pretty. They were pretty conservative yesterday. I mean, there was that drive. I think they ended up settling for the field goal. It was like late. It was in the fourth quarter. And I was like, God, do you realize there's ten minutes left in the game? You're just sitting there like running the ball. It worked out for them, but they were very conservative. Credit yeah. to them. Credit to them. The Hold first half field goal was weird before, and it almost did not work out if it wasn't for the JSN touchdown. Yeah, well, holding the Eagles to 17 points was was certainly impressive. The Eagles just were not explosive in this game. You know they. Did they complete one downfield pass? They really, they completed it to Julian. Oh, Love. and the interception was ugly by Hertz at the end. Oh, the last one, yeah, yeah, he did not seem right. But okay, it just, it just felt like once they once they got a lead, it was like okay, let's just get out of here. Uh, let's go to the waiver wire again, but wait, I don't want to be too repetitive here. But well, uh, why don't we dig into those running backs? All right, let's just knock and out quarterback. Try and make, let's see if we can come up with a, a consensus ranking of McKinnon, Brown, the Bears running backs, and Justice Hill. Okay. Go ahead. Because those are guys that will be wait, out well, there. I got to do quarterback first, just, just to knock Fine, this out. Go ahead, okay? go ahead. So Baker Mayfield over Geno Smith for both of you? Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Okay. Against Jacksonville, yes. <clears throat> and Flacco against the Texans is our favorite. And then we've got then we've got some kind of yucky options. But Flacco, I talked about this yesterday. The Browns, in three games with Joe Flacco, they have the second highest pass rate in the NFL. They had the sixth lowest pass rate before Flacco. They've just complete, love it. completely changed. It's so crazy. He's throwing 44, well, it's, 45 It's also, I mean, they're down three offensive linemen. You know, so their run blocking is not as good. <laughs> it's true. They are pretty beat up. Uh, okay, let's see what else. Nick Mullins, Derek Carr at the Rams, who have been pretty bad against the pass lately, but he's but Carr's been pretty unreliable. How about any he interest- does have five touchdowns in his last two games, and one of those was without Olave. Yes, uh, any interest in Gardner Minshew at Atlanta? Yeah, he's right there to me. Mm-hmm. Him and Carr are almost very similar. Uh, the the that's twofold though, Taylor returning. And that's a big part of it. You know, we've we've seen what he's looked like when Taylor's been on the field. Uh, and also, if Michael Pittman's not there, I know he got away with the three touchdowns against the Steelers. I don't know if he has as much success without Pittman. Sure. So what about Jake Browning in this discussion here? He's 83% rostered. So he's not really a waiver wire guy, but how do you feel about him compared to Baker, Geno Smith, Joe Flacco, Jake Browning here? He's behind Flacco. To me, it's a toss-up with Mullins. I think you're getting, you know, 20 to 22 points at best from from both guys. Eileen Mullins just because of the loss of Chase. So that makes me nervous. Yeah. But it's like Chase has been pretty quiet with Browning, but still it's it's a big deal to not have Jamar Chase. Well, it's, it's also, I mean, look, Jake Browning gave you good production last week. Those plays Again. in the fourth quarter were, you know, it's it's like DK Metcalf. You know, you got lucky with how it finished. But that's how I feel about Nick Mullins. 
I mean, he, he was so lucky in that game. Uh, yes, but you're also talking about the guy throwing to Jefferson, Hawkinson, Addison against the guy that just lost Chase. Yeah. All right. Hey, Dave. Since- and it's also against Detroit, which we know has been bad. True. Since Pittsburgh is, is playing, well, actually, they're playing two days before Christmas. But do you think this is the time of year to start Mason Rudolph? Okay. Just, you know, I think that wasn't even a joke. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Uh, I don't know if we want to do super. Eh, forget it. You got like Tommy DeVito against the Eagles and CJ Beathard at Tampa Bay. You do actually have some pretty good matchups with. Right. I think Beathard would be the one that you gravitate oh. toward first. Although we are talking about the like super bionic Trevor Lawrence. Know, He's never right? missed a game in his life. So. If, if he can clear protocol before the game, you know he's going to play, and he should go off against Tampa. That defense is atrocious. Um, but if you're if if Beathard were to play, I would take him over Rudolph. Yeah. Oh, okay. How about Zach Wilson? I would take discussion? Heineke over both. How about Zach Wilson in this discussion? Uh, I I might take Heineke over both, too. <laughs> I'd have to think about it a little bit more. Yeah. Who would you say, Zach Wilson? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd probably st- – any quarterback – any quarterback, even Zach Wilson, I think I'd start Zach Wilson against Washington over him. Gamer Eric in the chat says, Adam is the kind of guy who tells the joke twice because nobody laughed the first time. Actually, that's the fourth time I've told the joke. I told it twice yesterday, too. All right, Dave, let's talk about your precious running backs here. Okay, so I haven't ranked McKinnon, Brown, Roshan, Foreman, Justice Hill. And obviously, those guys are all behind Zamir White. And if for some reason Ty Chandler, Antonio Gibson are on your waiver wire, those guys are ahead of everybody. So it's it's coming down to which of those players uh, would you plug in this week as a desperation play? And McKinnon and Brown have been productive the last couple of games. McKinnon, at least 12 PPR points each of his last two. I want to double check on Chase Brown but he's had at least eight PPR points each of his last two. That huge catch and run kind of weighted his numbers in week 14, but he gets targets. Uh, There might be a couple more of them with Jamar Chase not there. I think we know what Jake Browning is as a passer and that he's, you know, very willing to throw short and not long, and that helps Chase Brown out. Um, I need to do a little bit more digging on the Bears' backfield because I'd like to know if it was a rotation of drives between Foreman and Herbert. And then late in the game, it was just more Roshan. Oh, you can use, you can use this if you'd like for the bears backfield. Well, I mean, the nice thing about Roshan is that he's continuing to play on third downs. Yeah. He played 51% of the snaps last week. And he actually looked the best of the three running backs last week. All right. So give me your order one more time here. Okay. So this is of the non number one running backs to get. These are like the numbers two through six to add off of waivers this week. McKinnon, Chase Brown, Roshan Johnson, Deontay Foreman, Justice Hill. Jamie? And it's in pencil. Like, I'm I'm open to the conversation. I guess about, if I had well, this after Zamir White, White for this week and or Gibson. for the rest of the season. Yes, he said after Zamir White, after Antonio Gibson, after Ty Chandler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. After the yeah, guys with big clear. upside. Yeah, don't yeah. pick up McKinnon over Zamir White. Please. If you're just looking for upside rest of season, um, I wouldn't even put Zamir White there because it might not even be one week. You know, So if you're just looking at what their roles are right now, knowing who's available and who's not available, McKinnon should be one. He's now got – I know Heath mentioned this on, on Sunday, but January and or December and January, 
so far the last two years, which is a, a span of the other games. Um, I don't have the games. I'll, I'll get the games. But yeah. uh, 11 rushing and receiving touchdowns in December and January going back to last year. So who knows if that continues. As Fluky only had seven total touches each of the last two games without Pacheco, and now Pacheco coming back. But they clearly like him in those red zone gadget plays. Uh, so, yeah, McKinnon would be first for me. If you're just looking about upside, um, I still might put Justice Hill second just with the idea of if something happens to Gus Edwards, then he's right there. Um you can say the same thing about Chase Brown. You can say the same thing about those other guys. But we, we know the history, unfortunately, of Ravens running backs. So Edwards getting more work. Who knows? Um, but I, I would, I would, I, yeah, like like they said in pencil, you can go McKinnon, um, Justice Hill. You can go with. Uh, I Chase would still Brown. take Roshan over Khalil Herbert if you're if you're looking at the second Bears guy because Foreman's a little bit too much out of this range. Uh, Chase Brown and look, there there are a lot of handcuffs we could talk about too. You know, if you want to go that route. But in terms of guys who are playing. Um, those those guys make the most sense. All right. I just took a very quick peek at the Bears snaps, and it looks like Foreman's, it did, Foreman started, and it looked like the first drive went to Foreman, third downs went to Roshan. The next drive, Khalil Herbert started the drive. Roshan came in on third down. In the fourth quarter, Roshan played 11 of 18 snaps overall. And remember, that was a back-and-forth competitive game. Yeah, it, it could have been a byproduct of it being a back-and-forth game, or a byproduct of Roshan looking better than the other two backs. I'm landing on Roshan first in Chicago. Yeah, I, I would go with Foreman just because I think probably a lower floor than Roshan, especially in half or full. But I do think he's he's the goal line guy. If they get there and they score a rushing touchdown, I think Foreman. He's also going to probably lead them in carries. So I, I, I lean Foreman as well. If this was a game where they probably are going to be chasing points, then I would go with Roshan. Someone asked in the chat, how is Ty Chandler not on the list? I just, want, just in case you missed it, we were talking about guys that are after the, the players who have the potential for big weeks. Ty Chandler, Zamir White. I don't really know. I don't think Antonio Gibson necessarily fits in there. Obviously, they don't want to give him the ball unless it's in the passing game. Uh, I'll say this about Gibson, though. Gibson had five catches for 20 yards last week at the Rams. The Rams are absolutely unbelievable against pass-catching running backs. Keep that in mind. Now. I mean, you're going to start Kamara, but um, they are the best. They give up the fewest receiving yards per game to running backs. So, um, you know, that was obviously... That's how much they give up a game, basically, is 20, and that's what Gibson had. Uh, but Chris Rodriguez had, had 10 carries compared to four for Gibson. So I just don't know that Gibson... Chris, I, I got... Got to give Chris credit on Sunday morning for bringing that up. I mean, like, I don't think that they like Gibson in, in any bigger role than his just pass-catching role. So looks like that's kind of what he's stuck in. All right, uh, wide receivers. So Noah Brown. If, if Noah Brown and JSN were both available, who would you go for? Brown. Same. And do you think Josh Downs or Alec Pierce or DJ Montgomery if Pittman were out? Pierce, you make the case for. No, I'd, 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 I'd make the case for Pierce. He's, he's capable of catching those wayward balls from Gardner Minshew, big body type receiver on the outside. Okay, we've talked about Curtis Samuel, Dontavian Wicks, Josh Palmer, but we haven't talked to. Well, Jamie mentioned Tyler Boyd. Rashid Shahid is such a good opportunity. Remember, we were kind of feeling it with Terry McLaurin last week because the Rams have really been struggling against wide receivers. So uninspiring what Shahid did last week against the Giants, unfortunately. Um, but I guess don't completely rule him out. Demarcus Robinson's been hot. 
yeah, the Atwell thing. <clears throat> He's coming back. I see you have Darius Slayton on here. It is unfortunately like a new wide receiver every week for the Giants. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. I get where you're going with this at the Eagles. And then are we giving up on Demario Douglas? Seemed like Heath was. Not completely. You know, I think, again, situation where they're chasing points most likely. And, you know, first game shaking out the rust. But who's starting him with any confidence in Week 16? He's got to be a deeper league situation. Uh, Heath made the point that it's been Mac Jones throwing a lot to Demario Douglas, not Bailey. It was, one, it was one game with with uh, Bailey Zappi starting and Demario Douglas playing. Um, is that it? Just one. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan Mingo. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Any interest in Jamison Williams? They said they wanted to get him more involved. He had seven targets, four catches, forty-seven yards against Denver. Is that Minnesota? I'd start a lot of these other receivers ahead of him. But if we're talking deep league and he's out there and those other receivers are gone, then maybe. Okay. Tight ends. Isaiah Likely. I know Pat Fryermuth is, uh, he's so interesting. I I mean, he's had one good game all year and it was against the team that he's about to play, the Cincinnati Bengals. Pat Fryermuth had 120 yards on 11 targets. I mean, the guy's been terrible. But do you start Pat Fryermuth this week? No, no. But if you are stuck again, you know, not a bad dart throw flex play. But likely and Waller and all those and like Gerald Everett over him. Yes. No, I, I would go Firemouth over there. Yeah, Everett. I'd is, go Everett and really? I'd go Kraft. What's the appeal to Everett if Keenan Allen plays? Is it only if Keenan Allen's out thing? No, if, if Allen doesn't, if Allen plays, then Everett would be. So well, you, you also had not just Allen not playing. You also had Parham not playing last week too. True. Uh, Tucker Kraft or Pat Fryermuth? Kraft. Um, Kraft and PPR. I might go Fryermuth and non, just with the hope that he scores. It's such a good matchup. Oh, I'm nervous about Waller. <laughs> Would you start? Why? With, uh, why? Because he's Darren Waller and Tommy DeVito. And the thing about the Giants is like, they they don't, when they play teams like the Eagles, they lose by 30 and everyone's terrible. I'm, and I'm being serious. I mean, they they get they get their doors blown off by these teams. Even oh, wait the a minute! Last two seasons, we forgot it. We forgot yeah, a Boston running Scott. Back. I was about to bring it up. Yeah, we <laughs> forgot a running oh, back. Oh, Boston back. Scott, sure, yeah. He yeah. always scores on the Giants. Nah, Easy no way. Not this week unless it's special teams. But that's pretty. Actually, Sirianni's the kind of guy to keep that streak going. Absolutely, he is. <laughs> yes, that would be funny. That He's going to be funny. under center for a tush push. That's really <laughs> funny. Um, no, but I, I don't know. I mean, look, it's not like Walworth's been so great this year. I, I think it was an impressive game for him against the Saints, given the limited snap counts. Um, but it's not like you guys are ranking Waller super high. Would you, would you start no, Goddard? The low end tight end one. Goddard or Waller? Goddard's been so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I lean, I lean Waller just because of the secondary and how bad it's been for Philadelphia. And I, David A. is asking in the chat, so no Barkley? I guess that's in response to me being worried. I am super worried about Barkley. I don't know where you guys came out on him. I think, in all honesty, the Eagles' run defense has been much worse lately. They're just yeah. not the same unit. He's, he's in the teens. He's not a top 10 guy. Yeah, but but Bar- but the Giants' run offense is abysmal. Just abysmal. Yep. Uh, and then, like, just look, yeah, look at him in the Cowboys games when they got blown out. I don't think he played. He didn't play against the 49ers where they got blown out, but... Um, I don't think he played against the Eagles last year. He played one game against the Eagles last year. He he played hurt. He was terrible. And then he sat the other game. Yeah, no, concerned. All right. And uh, Dalton Schultz, 
or Dallas Goddard? Goddard. I think I'll take Schultz. What about Jimmy Graham? Is he going to catch a touchdown for a fourth straight game against the Rams? <laughs> He's caught one in three straight games. I'm pretty sure. Yep. That's what he does. Uh, I mean, sure. You Seven PPR points. All right, but how about Taysom Hill coming off that dud? How do you feel about him this week? Right back to him. Yeah, I've got him ranked basically in the same spot. Maybe a little lower than normal in non-PPR and PPR. The wild card here is Hunter Henry. It's a tough run defense that they're going up against, but it is a short week. So hopefully he gets more work. The uh, the wild card here is is Hunter Henry. Dave talked about him earlier. I think you said he'd be number two on your priority list. That's if likely he's not available and stuff like that. But if Hunter Henry plays against the miserable Denver Broncos, what are we talking about here? Uh, Henry be a low-end starter. Mm-hmm. Target volume has been great with Zappy. He's clearly a red zone option with Zappy. I, okay. I think you you buy into it. Even as shaky and nervous as it is, he's the epitome of a tight end streamer. DSTs. He might be the tight end streamer this week. Broncos against the Patriots. Packers, who are everyone wants their coordinator fired, but they get Carolina. Uh, Commanders are at the Jets. The Bears get Arizona. Dave loves the Bears. The Rams against the Saints. The Colts are pretty hot, and they're at Atlanta and Seattle at Tennessee. And kickers, Lucas Haversick, Kaimi Fairbairn, Tyler Bass, Jason Myers, and Will Lutz. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Well, that is it for today's show. And, well, I, what do you guys think? I, give me a early prediction for Monday night for Baltimore, Pain. San Francisco. Pain, yeah. <laughs> uh, Niners win by four. 31-13 49ers. I'm kind of feeling a 49ers butt kicking too, yeah, uh, to, the, to the Ravens. Like, they will kick the Ravens. Butts. And usually it's the Ravens laying it to the NFC teams that aren't used to playing against them, but I think the 49ers are too good. Mm-hmm. Is Bosa okay? Is he good to go? I saw him limp off last yeah, week. Yeah, I think he's fine. Good. good. Okay, so we're going to have a, uh, a, I think a Sunday night show on Christmas Eve. I think a pretty normal week. Sunday morning stream on Christmas Eve, looking like a Sunday night show. I'm going to talk to Dave and Jamie about that as soon as we end here, which will be right now. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.